you got to get passionate about this thing. If the cross doesn't move you, nothing will move you. I'm offering you something that's greater than silver and gold. I'm offering you something that's greater than an increase in your pay on your job. I'm offering you a... There's no shortcuts to the glory. We've got to get past week-to-week living. We've got to multiply our prayer life. We've got to multiply our efforts. And we are willing to give. God will always give it back to us in good measure. That is pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Hey, thanks for checking out our Christian Life Church podcast. You will be hearing from one of our pastors or guest speakers, either at our Frankfurt or Lebanon campus. Prepare your hearts and your minds to receive a word from God. Thanks for listening. Enjoy and receive this message. of the Lord with, with us today. God bless you. Our youth, I think, are going to their class this morning, so we'll dismiss them. Thank you for being here on this Sunday morning. This is a good day to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. Anybody glad to be in the house of the Lord today? Amen. Amen. Psalm 46, if you have your Bibles and would like to turn with me, Psalm 46, and I'm going to begin with verse number one, reading down through verse number seven, amen. Psalm 46, verse number one, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore we will, therefore will not we fear. Though the earth be removed and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though the waters thereof roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with the swelling thereof, Selah, there is a river, the streams whereof shall make glad the city of God the holy place of the tabernacles of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God shall help her. And that right early. The heathen raged, the kingdoms were moved. He uttered his voice and the earth melted. The Lord of a host is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. By the help of the Lord this morning, I'm going to preach for just a little while today on the subject, the river still flows. The river still flows. Lord, help us this morning to speak what you have laid upon my heart and what you have impressed upon me today. I pray, Lord, that your spirit and your power and your anointing do what only you can do. Let hearts be melted before you. Let our hearts be open. Let our minds receive what you are speaking. And we thank you for it today and honor you today. 
In Jesus' name, somebody put your hands together and give the Lord a hand clap. Come on, lift your voice and praise His name this morning. you this morning. You can be seated. In John chapter 7, Jesus is at the Feast of Tabernacles. The Feast of Tabernacles was a feast that represented God's provisions for his people during their wilderness wanderings. History teaches that during this time of feast, there was a ritual where the priest would draw water from the well in Siloam and they would jo joyfully carry the water pots through the streets of the temple. At the temple, the priest would take these massive amounts of water pots full of water and they would pour the water into a very large basin and in that basin they would also pour some of the old unusable wine. When the wine became undesirable, it was used for different purposes, and here to stain the water and to cause a certain color to arrive in the water that would make all of the water turn into a reddish wine color. At a certain time, the priest would raise the basins and pour out the water and the wine, which would run down the huge white marble steps of the temple. And as it would flow down, it would look like a river that was flowing down out of the temple of God. To the Hebrew, there was very clear significance to the Hebrew, it symbolized the river that flowed from the rock in the wilderness. But we know that the water and the wine had deeper meaning and deeper representation in the New Testament. The wine and the water represents the blood and the spirit. It pointed to a time when the river of blood would flow from Calvary and the rivers of living water would be poured out upon all people. It would be readily available to anyone who would desire the working of the spirit and the power that is in the blood of Jesus. Joel prophesied about it in Joel chapter 2 when he said, And it shall come to pass in the last days, saith God, I will 
pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. Joel uses the term to pour, signifying that there would be a flowing of the spirit. It was in this context that Jesus stood and cried out in John chapter 7 in verse 38. When he said, he that believeth on me, as the scripture hath said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. He's saying what I'm going to put into you is going to also flow out of you. Little did they know, but the rock that had been given to their fathers to drink from now had come in the flesh. He said it would be rivers of living water. 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse number 4 The Bible said, for they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them. And then it identified who that rock was in 1 Corinthians 10 and 4. For the scripture said, that rock was Christ. Everything you see in the text that I have referred to or read or quoted this morning I want to tell you it is all pointing in one direction. And that is that there is a flow that comes from God above. There is a river that comes from God above. And that river still flows today. You can't dam it up and stop it. You can't cause it. You can't stop it up. You can't prevent it. No matter what you do, the river is going to flow. Just a few chapters earlier, Jesus had mentioned this living water to the Samaritan woman in John chapter 4 and verse number 10. Jesus answered and said unto her, If thou knewest. Look at your neighbor and tell him if you knew. He said, If you knew the gift of God, And who it is that asked of you, little Samaritan lady, to give me a drink. He said, if you knew the gift of God and you understood it, he said, you you would have asked of him and he would have given you living water. Jesus asked a woman at the well, give me a drink of water. And she said, what in the world do you, being a Jew, have to do with me being a Samaritan? Because in those days there was hard racial divides. And and Jesus said, woman, I'm not even talking to you about water. I'm trying to get through to you to something that is more significant. I'm trying to get through to you something that is even a little deeper. This past week I was blessed. My wife and I have been blessed to spend a few days in the deep south with my family. And we were on Toledo Bend Lake. And Toledo Bend Lake uh, is 
uh, is the impoundment of the Sabine River. A few weeks before we arrived, it began to rain, and it rained and rained and rained, and it rained some more. We arrived on vacation, and it rained and rained and rained some more. And the first week that we were there, it rained every day. Uh, matter of fact, the first 10 of the 13 days we were gone, uh, we were in rain, and the last day we were in rain. It rained the whole time. And there's something that happens with rain. And that is that the water flows into the small tributaries and ends up into the river. Along about 1965, they built one of the great dams of, uh, of a combination of the state of Texas and the state of Louisiana. And they dammed the Sabine River to cause those waters to flood into both East Texas and Western Louisiana. And they're causing uh, uh, an, an amazing uh, lake that is there, over 1,200 miles of shoreline. A beautiful lake, a great fishing lake, a great, uh, a, a great sight to see. Uh, it, it's the largest lake in the south and, uh, and an, amazing, an amazing thing. Uh, later in the week, we, between rain showers, uh, got out for a few minutes and we attempted to do some fishing while we were there. And I was amazed to look at the specific spot that we were in the lake. The lake was about three miles wide. And, uh, and as far as you could see north and south, there, the, your, your eyesight would run out into the haze both directions in this very large lake. And I was amazed to know that as we were out, we looked at the depth finder on the boat and saw that there were places that were 80 feet deep, a very deep area of the lake. And we were fishing near this area that's about 80 feet deep. As a matter of fact, my boat would set in 40, 50, and sometimes 60 feet of water, and we were able just to cast up onto the shore uh, shoreline. And we found a lot of the sticks and that sort of thing along the shoreline for all of you fishermen that understand what that means. There was a lot of hang-ups, if you please. And so we're there fishing, and I was amazed to see a lake this broad and this deep, and you, we would cast our lure, and the flow of water was so rapid that it would move the boat and the lure, and it was as if we were, we were just moving. My boys were with me, and they would get a little frustrated from time to time, and they, they thought it was me. They thought I was just moving the boat along with uh, the little electric trolling motor that was there. And, and they would say, Dad, can, can you slow down so we could have time to fish? And I, I would tell them that it's not me moving the boat. That's the current that is moving the boat. And, and uh, this, this big, massive, three-mile-wide, 80-foot-deep area of the lake is flowing remarkably fast, although... At the southern end and point of this lake, there is a dam that, is to, that, that causes this lake, this river, to swell. 
but there was so much water that was flowing in from the north that the lake had reached flood stage and was spilling over the spillway at the end of the lake at a rate that was so rapidly, uh, that was so rapid that it was causing the entire lake uh, to flow as though it was a river. The entire lake was moving. And I was there and began to contemplate the message that I'm preaching this morning and began to think through the process and think, I, I don't understand. I, I don't know that I've ever seen such a large body of water move so rapidly. And it dawned on me. The more water that flows in, the more water that must flow out. The more that flows in, the more must flow out because there is a constant stream. There is a constant flow. There is a, there is a, a, a flow that is coming in and there must be a flow that is going out. And I began to contemplate and think about what this meant in the spiritual realm. And I began to recognize that in the day and age in which we live, I, I, I want us to understand the power that we have in Jesus Christ. Because the way that he made in, on Calvary some 2,000 years ago began a flow of blood and water began a flow of salvation and spirit, began a flow that reaches to where you and I are today. And people and science and, and Hollywood and, and, and culture and societies and kings and kingdoms have all tried to stop the flow of the moving of the spirit. They've tried to snuff it out. They've tried to prevent it from being able to continue to flow. But I come this morning to tell you that the river still flows. Science can't stop it. The engineers can't build a, a, a dam big enough to, to stop it because when the, when the rain begins to fall, the river is going to flow. The water is going to flow. That's why Jesus said, woman, if you knew who I was, he would give you a drink of water and it would flow out of you a river of living water. I come this morning to remind somebody that's been filled with the Holy Ghost, that river of living water is inside of you. And when you get near where there is a flow coming in, there must be a flow. It's a river. He spoke of water to her because he was speaking of her spiritual thirst. The well that Christ was talking about was like an inner well of salvation. John also declares that this artesian well, this artesian flow, would become a river that could not be held back. I want you to know today that there is a river that flows from Calvary. There is a flow of the Holy Ghost and all we have to do today is just step into that flow. 
Dylan and Kayla were preaching in Arkansas on last Sunday. And uh, again this Sunday. But last Sunday as they were preaching in Arkansas, Dylan called and said, Dad, would you be upset if I came about a day later to, to meet up with you? He said, I have an opportunity to go to a little river here and do some trout fishing. And it's a world-renowned fishing uh, river. And I said, no, that'll be great. So he and Kayla went to this little river and began to fish. And they shared the story. If you can imagine, Kayla weighing about 90 pounds soaking wet, uh, was out trying to fish in this river. But there had been a lot of rain that had come down and affected the river. And Dylan said, I, I thought that the water was going to sweep her away. He said, we, we tried to fish in the river. We tried to. He said, you, you couldn't get to a point. You'd try to manipulate how you stood so you could fish. He said, Dad, it was far too dangerous because when the rain came, he said, the river began to rise. And he said, while we were there fishing, we were noticing the river rising. And we said, this is far too dangerous. We, we've got to get out of this river because it's going to, to just sweep us away. Let me tell you today that there is a river and there is a current to that river. But that river is not a dangerous river. But I'm telling you what it's going to do. It can wash away every sin. It can take away every stain. It'll take away your past. It'll give you a new future. Somebody might say, oh, you need to stay away from that church. That church is dangerous. That church is going to mess you up. But I come today to tell you that we're the people of the Almighty God that stand upon the Word that says there is is a river that flows from Calvary. There is a river that flows from God above. And we're getting into the flow of the river because it washes, it cleanses, it renews, it restores. It will bring hope to the hopeless life. The fact that Jesus used rivers as a symbol for the spirit-filled life is significant because he was the creator of natural rivers. His hand, with his finger, he carved the Amazon and directed the Nile. With the tip of his finger, he drew the course of the mighty Mississippi. He chose rivers to describe the work of the Holy Spirit within us. The Holy Ghost is mightier than any natural river. He just used what was natural to speak to the spiritual. This week I said to the Lord, when I go back home, I, I'm going to need something to preach. And the Lord said, look around you. Look at what I've created. Go back home and tell them there is a river that cannot be dammed up. It cannot be stopped up. There is nothing going to prevent it from happening. And all they need to do is get in the flow. The Holy Ghost is mightier than any natural river that you can ever be around. There is a flow. But Jesus Jesus didn't just say you need to get in it and enjoy what's happening around you. He said, I'm going to put that river in you. I'm going to let that river flow through you that everybody you get around is going to be affected because there is something inside of you that is flowing out. You, you can try to stop it, but you've got to tell them, have you known my Jesus? Do you know about the work of the cross? Do you know about the hope of salvation? That river is going to flow out of you. What's the similarities in natural rivers and the Holy Spirit? 
first off, if you want to find life, find a river. Where there are rivers, there are life. Put a river in a desert, and it's going to produce an oasis. The Amazon basin, with its miles of rivers, holds more species of plant and animals and produces more oxygen than any place in the world. <laughs> I hope you're getting what I'm preaching this morning. The church, in all of its complexities, ought to be producing more life-giving strength. It ought to be producing. Wherever you find a river, you're going to find it's producing life. I have a challenge for every person in this room today. Let that living water that I'm talking about today, let that living water touch those dry places in your life. Let that living water, that dead area of your inner man, why don't you just get in the flow of that river? Why don't you just let that water flow into your life? Because when it flows into your life, you're going to find it's going to start flowing out. And it's going to start affecting your friends and your family and your neighbors and every your co-workers and everybody you come in contact with. That river, when it touches the dry, dead areas of your life, it will restore, it will renew. Last night, I, we rolled into town. It was late. I came in. I drove through. I looked around. I saw a few of the new shrubs and trees that we planted that were looking a little rough. And I said, I got to take a few minutes. And I had to get some water and begin to put some water out upon those trees. And I pulled up this morning. And when I drove in today, I looked. And between last night and this morning, it was amazing what the water did overnight. Last night, some of those leaves were rather wilted, and I was a little concerned. But after adding a little water last night, when I pulled in this morning, those leaves were standing up. And they were, oh, I got to tell you, you may have come in this place this morning, kind of feel like you're dragging, and you're down, and you're depressed, and you're weary, and you're sad, and you're worn, and you're not sure if you're going to make it. I got to tell you what you need. You just need to find the living water that I'm preaching about this morning and let it nourish you, let it restore you, let it renew you, let it refresh you, let it do something in you that you can't do for yourself. It's the living water. Everybody shout the living water. It's the living water because where water is, there is life. God wants you to live again. Those of you that came in feeling like on the inside you're dead, you're dry, you are weary, I want you to know today that when the water of life touches you, you will live again. 
I know this morning somebody may have come and said, hey, I'm just going to go check out the church. I'm just going to go see what it's like today. I'm just going to go see what the music sounds like. I'm just going to go see what the preacher's like. I'm just going to go check it out today. But I got a feeling today that God had another plan. He stands in the portals of heaven today saying, I've got some water that I am ready to pour out upon you. I'm ready to fill you. I'm ready to give you something that when you walk out of this building today, you don't walk back out wilted and weary and worn, but you walk out with something flowing out of you. I came in dry and thirsty, but I'm leaving overflowing. I'm leaving with the river flowing out of me because I come today to tell you the river still flows. It still flows from Calvary. It still flows from the throne above. And it still flows through you. Oh, lift your hands right now all over this building and ask the Lord, God, let that water flow down upon me today. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, don't try to stop what God is wanting to do in your life. That voice you heard speaking to you was a voice of God that said you need that water he's preaching about today. Don't let the enemy talk you out of it. Don't let flesh get in the way of it. You need to say yes to God. You need to say yes. Lord, fill me up until I overflow. Rivers attract life. And where there's rivers, there will be constant change. I didn't have this time this morning to get it all together, to put it up. I have a picture in my phone. It's a place, if you ask me afterward, I'll be glad to show you the picture of one of the largest largemouth bass I've ever caught. I just had to put that in for emphasis. We pulled up to this place. It was a sight to see. Beautiful. I'm not sure it would, you could call it a mansion, but quite a beautiful home. It had a guest quarters out front. The guest quarters kind of set out on a little peninsula point out on the edge of this river. And just out from the shoreline was this deep water that I was preaching about. But as this lake rises, and falls, it cuts into the bank. And when this house was built many, many, many years ago, I'm sure they never thought of what they would experience today. But as the storms have come and it is cut in, where this water flows, it is cut in. And it has caused an erosion along the shoreline. They have gone out and they've tried to build retaining walls. And you can see that they have hauled stones and they have done all, spent probably tens and hundreds of thousands of dollars to try to prevent it from happening. But we pulled up to this specific location and we looked up this cliff probably about 60 or 80 feet high, setting up at the very top of that cliff right on the edge, the next big cave-in is going to take the guest house. I noticed that it was completely, everything had been taken out of it and off of it, and they're preparing for what is going to happen because they have learned that where there is a flow of water, there will always be constant change. When a river flows through, it is going to constantly be 
causing change. The first move of a river is to cut deeper. And then when the banks will no longer hold, when the water comes from the north, the river and its flow southward will spread out and it will begin to cut a wider channel. It will cut deeper and it will cut wider. We looked upon that cliff. My brother was with me. He looked up. He said, if you owned this place, what would you attempt to do right now? And I said, go fishing. Because there's nothing that you can do to stop the flow of water. When the river flows, it's going to bring about change. Hmm. Let me tell you today, you may have walked in saying, you don't know the hang-ups I have in my life. Let me tell you what you need. You need a relationship with the water. Because that river I'm preaching about today, this Holy Ghost I'm preaching about today, this power I'm preaching about today, this power has the ability to change your life. It'll take every stain of your life. Let me tell you what the blood will do. It'll take red blood, will wash black sin and turn it white as snow. It's hard to explain, but I came today to tell you that where the river flows, it will bring about change in your life. It will cut some things out of your life. It will remove some of the areas that should not be there. It will change some things in your life. It is a constant, the work of the Holy Spirit is a constant changing. It creates a constant purification of your in your life. The river continually enlarges itself. It will reach somebody said, well, I remember when I went down and I, 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 I let the Lord into my life and I remember when I first received the Holy Ghost. Remember when I first was touched. I, I remember when I got saved. Let me ask you, do you remember the process of saving that should continually be going in your life? Mm, let me meddle for a few minutes. There's some in the house today that may go back and say, well, I can take you back to the moment when I was saved. That's good, but is the river still changing your life? Because if the river's not cutting some new areas, if the river's not perfecting some things in your life, then you are trying your best to stop what the river is intended to do. The river is trying to cut deeper into your life. The river's trying to cut wider into your life. The river's trying to make a, 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 a clear path into your life and you can resist it and you can try to stop it. But if you'll just say yes to him this morning and let him work, let the water flow through you let the water flow out of you. It will do a work of perfection in your life. Something I noticed is that rivers have unpredictable depth. I won't be much longer. Rivers have unpredictable depth. You can be going along and a river be shallow and one step Anybody got any experience? One step. What just happened? Because rivers have unpredictable.
unpredictable day. Mm. That's why, that's why some of you wonder, well, I don't understand. I don't understand. This is why some of our young people and some of our young adults have spiritual depth that is much greater than their age. Because the first move of the Spirit is trying to, to flow deeper. And if we resist it, if we try to stop it, the Lord will not always strive with man. He, he's not going to always force things on you. The best thing you can do is say, yes, God, let it work in me. Get into the word of God. Let it cut away. Be faithful to the house of God. Let the preached word of God affect your life. Get your nose in the word of God. Let it perfect the word. Oh, it's not always easy. Yes, sometimes it may be perceived that there's going to be a great loss in our life, but I came here today to tell you that everything that God takes out of your life, He will, re he will restore and renew it and replace it with something that is much better than you could ever have thought, asked, or dreamed. He will not take something from you that he will not give you back more. When one loses, get ready because you're going to get greater. The more you give up, the more blessing is going to be poured in. The more you say yes to God, the greater your life is going to be. I'm closing. Give them some hope this morning. Rivers are always flowing. But they never run out of water. I've had people say to me, Pastor, you don't know where I've been. <laughs> I got one thing to say this morning. You don't know about the river. You don't know how bad I've been. You don't know how far I've gone. Yeah, but you don't know the power of this river. Mmm. Pastor, do you really believe I know? We baptized a man a few years ago, and when I was talking to him before baptism, he looked at me and he said, when I began to tell him and talk to him about the change in his life, he looked at me and he said, do you think so? I said, listen, I don't think so. I know. You telling me that God can change my life? You're telling me that God can restore hope in me? You telling me that God can refresh and renew me? You don't even know me. No, but I know the river. And I know the work the river has done in my life. Because if it had not have been for Jesus, if it had not been for the work that he did in my life, no telling where I would be today. There's nothing more powerful. There's nothing more refreshing than just getting in the flow of what God is wanting to do. Let me bring this home for you this morning. If you're here today and you know I've talked to you because you're that one that 
you really do need new life to spring up from the dryness. Here in just a moment, I'm going to open these altars and invite you to come forward. And I know that's a big step to take, but I'm going to tell you it's the best step to take. Because when you walk to the front of this room today, and you can lift your hands toward heaven and just you and God, and you can tell Him, Lord, I may not understand everything about the river that the pastor preached about today, but I want that living water. I want that river to flow down upon me. I need that refreshing and that renewal. I'm going to tell you that he is as close as the mention of his name. When you begin to cry out to him, there is going to be a flow from heaven begin to flow into you. When you repent of your sins and you turn from all, you, you make a change of heart and mind and ask him to forgive you. There is a promise of the infilling of the Holy Ghost. It is the gift of God. It is the Spirit of God. It is God in us. And when we open our hearts to receive what God is wanting to pour out, He will pour out in us and it will flow out of us. You will begin to speak in a language that you never knew. That's the sign that the Holy Spirit is within you, the initial sign. And it will flow out of you. And you will speak in a language that you have never learned. And he will fill you to overflowing. That river can begin to flow in and begin to flow out. He's here this morning and he's here to meet your need. He's here to cut away the rough spots of your life. And he's here to do a deep work in you. To perfect you. To change you. To bring you closer to him. David said, God is our refuge and strength, the very present help in time of trouble. Therefore, I'm not going to fear, though the earth be removed and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though the waters thereof roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with a swelling thereof, it sounds like the world around us. He said, but I'm not going to fear because there is a river. The streams whereof shall make glad the city of God. In the middle of all the chaos in the world, there is a river. There is a river this morning to work in your life. It's not a raging torrent. It is a peaceful river. It is a cool stream that is to flow down that will work in your life. Stand with me all over the building right now. If I've spoken to you this morning and you know God is wanting to do a work in your life, I'm opening these altars right now. If you'd like to step from where you are and walk to the front of this room right now, there is a river, there is a flow, there is living water for you today. That's it, just step forward today and just let him know, God, I need that living water. 